Put paste and delay creates aerobic, anaerobic, adenosine diphosphate phosphocreatine, or ATP PC. These are all Greek, Latin, and acronym type words. They're also all different energy systems that we use in endurance sports and even life. I've been in the endurance sport game for 25 years now, and it wasn't until the last few years that I started to get a better understanding of energy systems. In this episode, we'll explain in simple metaphors and analogies exactly what those confusing words are, when they are used, and how you can use them in training to race your best. Listen on to find out more on this episode of Trees and D-Lake. Don't master a lot, don't master a little, just stay in the middle. Don't master all, don't master none, just be a master of some. What is up? Welcome to Trees and D-Lake, a podcast series by Mike Trees and yours truly, Darren D-Lake Creates. In this series, our goal is to educate and entertain smart and committed runners. A bit more on that from Mike Trees. And the aim of this podcast is to give, in a lighthearted, amusing and entertaining way, hints and tips to help you all run better and enjoy your sporting life more. So let's see how we can go with that. Mike's being pretty modest. He has over 50 years of running and doing triathlons under his belt. And if you're wondering about me, I've been in the endurance sport game for about 25 years now, done a sub three hour marathon and completed an Ironman triathlon in 10 hours. We appreciate all the help and support that we can get. So if you can, please share out this episode to someone that you know that would like this. Oh, quick language warning. In some rare instances, we might use some bad words. So apologies in advance for that. So I have this sandwich analogy, right, that I love to use to explain energy systems. Like most things, I end up overcomplicating it, but Mike Trees comes in and gives me a much better analogy. It's fun to hear me stumble through it. Besides my food metaphors for endurance sports, here's what you'll learn in this episode. The importance of aerobic base building, what ATP actually is, how to utilize anaerobic training to help you at the end of races, what energy systems are used when you train at VO2 max and when you train at threshold, which is also tempo, and a bunch more. So here's what's gonna happen in this episode. We'll start off with a quick warm up to see where we're at in our current training, then get into the main set of the episode, which is energy systems explained, and we'll end it with a cool down around our subjective would you rather question of choosing being healthy or being fit. Yes, they are two different things. Let's get into it. Hey, Mike, what training have you been doing this past week? Well, today's a, a, a rest day, actually. I just had my second vaccine, uh, so fully vaccinated. And uh, there's been actually the case of a, a baseball player, shocking, that uh, trained hard after his vaccination and, and died. Uh, they wouldn't link it directly to the vaccination, but, you know, put two and two together. He was pretty healthy before it. So uh, I'm under strict instructions off the wife not to do anything for a few days and make it really easy the rest of the week. So uh, if people remember the last podcast, if they've not listened to it, go and listen to it. You were going to do four days hard training in a row. Well, I smashed a whole week. I didn't actually say anything last week, but I put a whole week together of hard training because I know I've got an easy week this week. So last week was hard. I'm a little tired now from some long, hard training, but this week I've got some uh, few few off days uh, and then gradual build up at the end of the week. So uh, cool. Uh, and how did your hard training going go? 
Uh, yeah, so my four out of five days hard training went went well, and it went better than expected. Uh, I did it in a very smart manner. I knew myself, and um, it was it started the the the, the last one, the, that fourth one. It, I was like, my legs were real heavy. I think I did a it was a tempo run. It was a sub sub threshold, so slow tempo, which we know tempo is the most. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most <laughs> ambiguous damn word. Um, I did about like a little bit faster than marathon effort uh, for 20 minutes and it was super hot and dry and I I felt it. And it was I, the, every time I do a tempo run, I'm always like, it's not that hard. Then the next day I'm like, holy shit, that was hard. Yeah. So and on top of the three workouts from before accumulating to five days. And yeah, I, I'm glad I took off. I like you got a vaccination um, and, and I just got my, my second vaccination. And I also knew about the whole training around the vaccination and that causing issues. So I didn't want to deal with that. I said, you know what? I'd rather just take a week off when I know I'm going to take it off and not have it mess up my schedule. And that's what we got. But interestingly enough, we're talking about tempo and threshold. And this, this episode is actually about energy systems, which we'll get to in a second. Warm up complete. All right. So in this episode, we are talking about my favorite. I've just found out about energy systems and I haven't just found out about them. I've been in this endurance game for 25 years, 10 seriously, and, you know, really like doing my research and figuring out what works and tweaking things. And I like to call myself, um, uh, uh, what am I? I'm a biohacker, you know, in a sense around endurance, uh, endurance sports and, and endurance athletics. But energy systems are quite interesting because it's the training that affects the energy system and how you use the energy systems and then what event. So it's like this, this puzzle and, you know, it's almost like a choose your own adventure and how things are so different for every individual person and how it can change depending on humidity and what you ate and all these different things. So with that said, I have a interesting analogy. I love analogies and I've been sitting on this one for like maybe the past, I don't know, two years. And I was like, how do I, how do I convey in a really simple way all the different workouts and what they do? So I came up with what I call, I don't have a great name, but it's the gluten-free sandwich analogy of threshold. So um, the reason why it's gluten-free is because if I call it a regular sandwich, I might offend the gluten-free people and I was going to call it a hamburger, but I might offend the vegan people. The vegans. So, I, you know, it's just a sandwich with whatever protein you want. So uh, you can put mushrooms in there. You can put eggplant. You can put uh, uh, whatever fake meat you want or not fake meat. That, that's your call. So uh, this is how it is. So I'm going to have a visual for this. And, you know, maybe if we do video of, of this podcast, I'll have a cool like video image happening. So you start off with the protein patty that is the threshold. So that's that's the burger. That's the thing, the, the literal meat in it. And that is your threshold. So I want to explain, the goal was to explain how your threshold works and how the training works. Because the threshold is, as I would say, and, and I'm totally open for you to shoot this down after I'm done, Mike, because you are a coach, you're an exercise scientist, you understand this way better than I do. But I'm trying to like, I call it uh, dumb it down and sum it up. So I'm trying to dumb it and sum it for, for the, the listeners who just want this, like this, this doesn't make sense, you know, threshold, tempo, VO2 max, you know, like aerobic easy, aerobic, uh, you know, improvement, aerobic steady, da da da, like it's really, really confusing. So we got threshold as the patty because that's the goal. You want to race everyone's goal or most people's goal is to race as fast as they possibly can. And you're usually racing around your threshold for most events. Yes, there's ultras. 
and you're not reaching a threshold in ultras. And yes, there's a 5K or one mile race and you're way above threshold. I totally understand that. But threshold is probably where most people do their 10K and most people do their marathon. You're around the threshold in some way. So we got the protein patty, right? And your aerobic base ends up being the bun at the bottom. So let's start, start at the bottom, the aerobic base. And let's say the easy run is the base, right? And then we say the aerobic building or steady or IMAT as you, you've coined or MAF, you know, whatever pacing that is, the higher, uh, the higher aerobic pace, that is the sauce on top of that bottom slice. So, you know, if you like mayonnaise, if you like ma- mustard, whatever it is. So we've got, we're, we're at the, the aerobic base, then you put on aerobic building, and then you got some sub-threshold work. And this is quite new to me. Uh, the sub-threshold is interesting where the sub-threshold is, it's right when you start to get into zone three, but you're, 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 you're not really tapping into that lactate system. And that's the, the piece of cheese, all right? And then you got your threshold, okay? And then you've got on top of that threshold, you have the piece of cheese that goes on top of that. So we got, you always have two pieces of cheese on a sandwich. That's a proper sandwich. And that is your tempo work. That's your faster tempo work. All right. So sub threshold, I'd say is your slower tempo work. And then your faster tempo work, which is more 10K stuff is, is the cheese on top. And then you got the sauce on top of that cheese, which I would say is your anaerobic sessions, uh, your 200, 400, 800 sprints. And to end it all, the top piece of bread is your all out sprints 10 to 20 second, uh, you know, just totally depleting the ATP system, which is what we'll talk about. Uh, and, and that completes the sandwich. So to, to sum all that up, and actually there's one big point I wanted to put on that was the goal of threshold from what I understand is all the aerobic stuff pushes it up. So you can push your threshold and you can pull it up depending on your training. And when you push, pushing is obviously easier from physics and you end up actually, it takes longer to, to push that threshold up, but it lasts longer. Like you said, 16 weeks, you can hold your, your fitness. You know, you can, I think you can even go a few weeks without doing anything and you'll hold most of your base fitness. Obviously you'll lose a bit, but when you start pulling, that's when you get gains much faster. Um, I didn't even talk about the VO2 max sessions. I could have thrown those in there. Those are somewhere around the top piece of cheese and probably the bun. Um, but when you pull, you pull up your threshold, but you do it fast and it also has higher risk and the danger is injury, illness, sickness, burnout, et cetera, et cetera. So you want to do a combination. This is where the 80-20 principle comes in. So you can almost say your sandwich is 80% bottom bun and 20% kind of top stuff. Um, there's a lot of ways of looking at it. And the goal of today's podcast is to talk about how those energy systems affect, or sorry, the training affects those energy systems. So that's my whole analogy. I got it out of my system. Uh, feel free to shoot it down, Mike, and, and, and tell me why it is ridiculous or or great i'm open to all of it okay so <laughs> it's a lot as you know i was a a, a teacher uh, and uh the, the point of teach is keeping things simple <laughs> i think what we've done is we've lost everyone <laughs> you've introduced all the terms and not really explained any one of them so to get everyone back they're all interested in eating this burger and i'm quite sure it's going to be the tastiest burger they've ever had but we have to break it down to some basics uh, and say what are the basic ingredients of the burger so when we make the perfect burger that you've got you've got to get the ingredients and as you know if any recipe that you have if you put the ingredients in in the right order and the right quantities and follow the recipe you get it at the end, you know, a good cake, a good pie or whatever you're making. If you get the ingredients in the wrong order 
and the wrong amounts, it can be a disaster. So we have to look at the ingredients that go into the burger that you just described and what are the really important ingredients. Uh, and for me, I think it, it comes down to sort of four basics. So you need your aerobic work, which is building the engine, the heart and the lungs, uh, the mitochondria, the capillary development, getting the oxygen to the muscles quickly. Uh, you need a little bit of strength and conditioning uh, because running actually at race pace doesn't really build up that many muscles. So we need the core strengthening. We need the power uh, and the force. So we need some strength and conditioning. Uh, I would say you need a little bit of speed work. Uh, neuromuscular development, it's called technically. You need to get the muscles used to firing quickly, firing efficiently. So that's another little bit of work that we need to add in. Uh, and then the other one, we need some uh, VO2 max, some, uh, or we call, you know, there's lots of ways of doing it, anaerobic threshold where we're, we're going beyond what we can produce energy wise from an aerobic system. So for some races, we can get some extra energy by using the stored energy in the muscles. Uh, but unfortunately, when we, we create this energy, it, it's created without oxygen being present. So that's why it's called anaerobic energy. So there are the, the four different elements we need to put in. The most important one is the aerobic base. So that's your bun. So you want to make your bun at the bottom as big as you can. So focus on getting the ingredients that go in the bun to make the bun really good. So the aerobic base is lots of easy, slow running to get strong. Uh, it, it also strengthens the ligaments, the joints, uh, the bones, the bone density goes up. There's so many benefits from this long, slow, easy running and it's healthier for life in general. So that's where I would start, uh, the aerobic base. Uh, then probably what you're going to say actually is we need to go back another stage uh, at how these energy systems work. Uh, I mean, you can then say, how are they fueled? Even, you know, we need to look at the fueling for the energy systems, you know, so in terms of how we get, uh, you know, the, the energy to fire the systems. So the, the, the simplest way to try and make it a little bit simple again is if you sprint for, we'll say five to 10 seconds, you're actually not doing a lot of damage. You're doing a lot of neuromuscular development, helping the body get used to running quicker, but uh, you're using the, uh, ATP system, the adenosine triphosphate system, as it's called, which is stored energy in the muscles and cells. So this is the basic level of uh, energy. And uh, it was probably used for fight and flight so that if in the olden days a caveman was chased by a dinosaur, he was able to run away really quickly uh, using that stored energy. But he couldn't go too far. Uh, love this. The only thing is uh, humans and dinosaurs didn't <laughs> exist at the same time. I, I don't know if you're joking. <laughs> I, I'm joking. I, I could okay. have said lies, but I just thought it sounded so much okay, nicer. Okay, gotcha. I, 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 <laughs> it's, it's just a nicer analogy, but uh, I, I do actually appreciate that uh, there was a, a, a long gap that they were wiped out. But anyway, it just sounds better. So, so we've got the fight and flight syndrome, and then uh, on top of that, you've got we, we need to jump really to the. Uh, a-lactic, the, uh, well, that's a-lactic because he's not building any lactic. Then we need to work to a system where he, he, he could run so far on this free energy, uh, and then he needed to keep going and running even quicker and keep going. And he could last about a minute using the stored muscle energy in the muscles, which is separate from the ATP. Uh, and this used the uh, lactic system. And so what he was doing, he was... Uh, running away without oxygen, but the, the byproduct was lactic building up uh, in, in the body, which ultimately caused him to uh, slow down uh, because the aerobic 
muscle, uh, the, the, the air, the oxygen, I'm trying to keep this simple, the oxygen couldn't get to the muscles to keep fueling him. So then he, he ran away. He was safe in his cave. He was good. That's fine. But what humans are very good at is they're very efficient at going for long periods of time. Uh, and the, the energy system we like to use the most is the aerobic system. And so long as we're fueling that and can get enough fuel, such as fats, uh, we don't really need many carbohydrates for this. We get the, the fats in uh, and we're fueling it. Uh, we can run pretty much forever, uh, you, you know, if we're going slow enough, uh, aerobically. And so it's this aerobic system that going back to the basics that we need to work to develop the best we possibly can going forward uh, in, in our sports. Uh, and the other systems are to add to it. I would just just to jump in really quick about um, your, I like your caveman analogy. It's a bit better than my hamburger analogy for the for the <laughs> for the sake of this. But uh, let's say the cave the, the cave person is chasing after uh, what what do they like a deer or whatever it is you know some sort of an animal that will feed its old tribe. Um, the way that they would run, they would actually do like an ultra marathon shuffle. Uh, you know, they weren't running marathon pace. They were actually running much slower. And because a lot of animals, um, they one can't sweat and they also can't run as long as humans, they would actually tire out over the course of many hours to days. So it would be, you know, a few people, whatever it was, they would chase this animal and just follow it. They literally just follow it. They didn't chase it with like, you know, you know, they were like, oh, I'm coming after you. They just follow it, follow it. And the animal knew that the humans were coming after it, but it then would just literally keel over and die because it, it one either couldn't sweat or it just didn't have the capacity to go as far. You know, I'm talking like, this is like in between a fast walk, slow run, if not very fast walking. And that's what you mean. Um, I'm going to assume that's what you meant yeah. by you yeah, don't need are, any car carbohydrates yeah. for, for that, where it's extremely yeah. slow, correct? Super, super efficient yeah. at going long distances. And probably, you know, genetically, uh, species-wide, we are the, the most efficient species in the world at covering long distances. Yes. yes. Yeah, because one, because we could sweat, and two, because we've got Achilles tendons and we can stand up. Like, there's so many different things that we have that allow us. We've got good run economy, and I, I won't go into all that. But, um, you know, compared to actual animals, they, they might be able to sprint way faster than we can, but they can't, they can't just, you know, go a hundred kilometers like we can. So, um, you know, at, at a steady pace. So I will end it cause I'm sure I will say something that will not be factual. And, uh, <laughs> your, your, your coach friends will shoot me down for this, but, uh, yeah, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> keep going in aerobic. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so that's what I'm saying. So, and any what we need to look at is is a good training program uh, that that combine all the different systems. So, in, in a year, if we look at the year that we were building up with our training, most of the training needs to be at an aerobic level. Uh, and then, how do we fa define what that aerobic level is? Uh, you, you need to go you know, to a lab and get tested if you want to know the, the actual right answer. So therefore, most people can't go to a lab uh, and have lactic tests, blood tests, uh, run on a treadmill and work out the answers. So a lot of cleverer people than me have tried to work out the answers to, uh, to get it right. Uh, and uh, yeah, Dr. Phil Maffetone, he's come up with a very good theory of hitting your maximum aerobic pace. Uh, it's the MAF actually, although it's his name, MAF, it actually stands for maximum aerobic function. Uh, and he suggests that if you take a heartbeat of 180 minus your age, uh, that will give you the maximum pace you can work out at aerobically. Uh, and when we say aerobic, it means not building any lactate. Uh, technically, those that want to know, he's probably meaning 
two millimoles of lactic in the blood, which is the base level lactic in the blood, is probably what we're talking about as the maximum aerobic pace. Uh, and the interesting thing with this is it can be trained. You can actually run faster and faster if you work at this pace aerobically. So getting slightly off the track, people say to me about, you know, my heart rate being so low. Well, I can't actually run at my math pace uh, that often because my math pace is probably around about my half marathon race pace. I'm so efficient that uh, at, at a 123 to 130 heart rate, I could probably run you know a marathon in about 120 sort of a half marathon 120 so i can go pretty fast uh so i become very efficient so for me that's not an easy run i think when people start training uh, and running at math it's actually an easy run because they're inefficient but the more you get efficient at, at these things the harder it is to do it so that's why these terms suddenly become really complex because someone's saying oh math yeah that's an easy run well it's not technically an easy run it might be an easy run if you just started running and are not used to this but if you're very efficient uh, you know mark allen i think he raced ironman at his math pace you know he was he was super efficient so there's there's lots of of complexities but math is a very good way 180 minus your age a lot of people have come across it it's a good starting point to get you going what i realized that i like the theory about it but 220 minus your age to get your maximum heart rate it's not really the best model in the world and more runners that you come across the older they are have been running a long time their maximum heart rate's a lot higher uh, than people think and, and genetics it's 220 minus your age as a group population might average out to be quite nice. But on a specific level, there are no average people. You're either taller than average or shorter than average, but there's very few actually average, average people. So 220 minus your age doesn't work that well. So I thought, well, those people that are a little bit more clued in and have been working and actually know what their maximum heart rate is, not what their theoretical maximum heart rate is. That's a difference. A lot of people say, I know my maximum heart rate, it's 220 minus age. No, that's a theoretical number. Have you run until you've virtually thrown up, say, 3K, and then sprinted a, a little bit more to see how high it goes? Probably not. But if you have and you're that serious, then you have a rough idea what your maximum heart rate really is. Then I would suggest it's probably maximum heart rate minus 40. Uh, it's, it's following exactly the same principles as math theory in terms of trying to define it. So it's based on math theory in that sense. It's just that it's, it's using an absolute maximum heart rate. So those people that know the maximum heart rate, it, this might be a, a more efficient way of doing it. Neither of those tools are perfect. They all have issues. Uh, and so, again, you have to go back to a lab to work out your maximum pace to work aerobically. But they're a great start. Uh, I would say combine that with going for a little run. And if you, if you could breathe through your nose, if you can hold a conversation happily with your friends, and the key one here, it's really, this is super science. If it feels easy, it's probably a nice aerobic run. I mean, this is what people get wrong. An aerobic run has to feel easy. Uh, and if it doesn't feel easy, you're probably going too fast. So that's how we get defined, you know, really. You combine them all. Use a heart rate monitor. Use either MAF or IMAT, you know, uh, maximum heart rate minus 40 or perception, perceived effort, you know, how hard does it feel? Does it feel easy? Uh, it's probably an easy run then. Uh, and then somewhere along the way, you'll probably find that you're working out where easy aerobic runs are. Ad break. This episode is brought to you by Energy Coaching, which is Mike Tree's coaching service. 
Mike and his team of coaches work with beginners to pros and all levels in between. No one is too fast and no one is too slow. They just want a desire to learn and improve. They focus on 1500 meter races to marathon running and triathlon training. Energy coaching is constantly overbooked. So Instagram and this new podcast venture, Trees and D Lake, gives Mike and the rest of his energy coaching team a way to reach out to more people and help them. Contact Mike and his team at the letters nrg-coaching.com or go to the link in the show notes. And back to the show. Uh, and then somewhere along the way, you'll probably find that you're working out where easy aerobic runs are. And then going for, for sprints, when we're talking about the ATP system, it's generally accepted that 10 seconds about the maximum you can really go. And the interesting thing with that is I could put a sprint session in of, say, 75 meter strides for an elite athlete and put that on his easy training day because he sprints. He's not going to build up lactic. Uh, he's getting used to the neuromuscular development. He's getting used to moving the body quickly, but he's going to walk back. He's going to take his time to recover, make sure that the ATP has regenerated within his muscles before doing another sprint and then can do another. And so we can use that on easy days even to get some speed work. And this is where people don't quite understand. They think, oh, if a little bit's good, a little bit more is even better. So then they might start doing 20 seconds, 25. Well, let's do 200s. Let's do six by 200s. And all of a sudden they've tapped into a whole new energy system and they're building, they're not getting enough rest and they're, they're building up lactate in their, their blood and they're not developing the aerobic system anymore. Uh, about the, about people getting to, too used to it or, you know, they, yeah. they, they don't do it correctly. Um, I know a lot of people that don't know, they don't know why they do the rest. So they go, oh, I feel fine. I'll do these, you know, 15 second hills. And then they'll just like, they'll have like a, a 10 second recovery, five second recovery, and then go back up. And I'm like, no, you're supposed to have like 40 <laughs> to six. It should be three to four oh, times yeah, yeah. longer than you yeah. did. Yeah. And they're like, but I felt fine. And I'm like, no, this isn't to smash it out as hard as possible. It's actually to, to be able to sprint when you're hundred percent. So that, that's, that's a very, very good point. Back to your, um, your IMAT uh, your, I think you, you came up with IMAT, right? I-M-A-T. Yeah, oh, well, it, it, yes, yes. But it's just, it's a modification of the, the math system based on people who know their maximum heart rate. That was all. So it's not that I'm trying to create any, any rocket science here. I'm just sort of looked at how math was put together and thought, well, yeah, it doesn't fit a lot of people. A lot of people were saying this doesn't work with me. Yeah. Uh, and so I was just saying, is there any way we can help those, those sort of people? And I found that those people that didn't work for tended to be running a longer time. Um, uh, and uh, and often were older as well, but they knew their maximum heart rate, and this seemed to work a little bit better. And it, it actually worked for me. We touched on this much earlier, a uh, long time ago, when we first got on this podcast back in yeah about six six seven months ago. But it's funny enough your your theory and your formula works perfect for me because I know that you know the the, pro the also the problem with the the Moffatone, uh heart rate theory where you know you should be running around this zone it's your age minus what is it your 180 it's minus 180 minus minus that's it. yeah so as you get older you lose a beat and uh you know i started when i was 30 so my my my, my maf was 150 so i should technically be at 140 that is way too low and i knew that and i kept going oh you know maybe this that and the other blah 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 and he says oh if you haven't been injured for a year you can add another 
uh, beat, four. you know, which, which two, I'm two like, years, you've had four beats. Yeah. There's, there's, okay, there's lots yeah. of exceptions, but in theory, and, and he accepts this himself. I've read a lot around this, that he, he says that he, it was developed on youngsters in the past before the, the running boom where, where people, you know, ran to win sort of thing, as opposed to the, the fun runners that coming in. And so mostly using kids in their, their twenties, maybe early, early, early teens, late teens, sorry, early twenties. And so now he accepts, and I think it's over, 60 65 he says you can add on a beat uh over 65 He's, he accepts that it doesn't work as efficiently as we get older uh, and that's the issue uh with it uh and so it's, it's trying to come up with these things and also hot humid weather i found that it's not scientific at all but i've i've spent a lot of time in hot climates and everyone i talk to when when they've been in hot climates and cooler climates they all seem to accept that there's about 10 beats different uh, so if you're in a hot, humid climate, you know, in the tropics, you need to add 10 beats onto both of the systems. Uh, and, and simply put, to explain why, is you've got half the blood, yeah, this is not scientific explanation, by the way, half the blood's pumping around the body, trying to go make you go quicker, and the other half's around the surface, trying to cool you. So it's like driving the car with the air conditioning on. You wouldn't try and rev the car up and do 160 miles an hour with the car with the air con on, because it's taking too much power. So you wouldn't try and run really well and fast in a hot day, because there's too much blood being used for the cooling system to keep you cool. So we need to add a factor on for hot and humid weather. How much we add on, I mean, I, I'm just guessed around 10 beats, but most people come back and say, yeah, that seems to work for them. So uh, that's another little issue. That All these things have little issues. Yeah. Uh, but the aim, what we're trying to do is the bottom line is we're just trying to find an aerobic pace that we can all work at because that is the bun. That's the biggest and most, well, not the most important, but it's the biggest factor of this burger that we're making, bring it all back together, is building a big aerobic base. Especially for endurance sports, which if you're listening to this podcast and you're most likely are doing a sport, endurance sports that last longer than 20 minutes, you know, and, and shorter than five hours, this the aerobic system is used for for most, if not all of that, I think the marathon uses 99% aerobic and the, the a 5k uses 75%, as you would say, aerobic. So, okay. So let's, let's just interrupt a little bit. Yeah. The 800 is 60% anaerobic and depending on the level of the athlete, uh, 60% anaerobic and 40% aerobic. So my bun would be reversed. If I was working with 800 meter runner, I'd be saying, let's, let's get out three times a week and do some, uh, you know, speed work, some power work, some strength work, some lactic work. Uh, and oh, we mustn't forget doing some aerobic work. Remember it's still 40% aerobic. So that's the 800. And that's why you tend to get 400, 800 runners. Then there's an interesting crossover because you can get 800 and 1500 runners. Now the 1500, it switches. It's a uh, 60% aerobic and 40% anaerobic. So already the 1500 is the start of where I come in as a coach, really. I tend not to go down to the 800, but the, the 1500, it's 60% aerobic and only 40% anaerobic. So we need the big bun. We've already switched it around. The bun is on the outside and the burger's on the inside. The 800, the bun is on the inside and the burger's on the outside. So now... On the 1500, we need to do an, a big aerobic base, but we still need to do a lot of that lactic work. So we still have to do a lot there. Then we get up to the 5K, the park run. It's become really popular. That's run at a sort of a VO2 max level. Well, that's 75% aerobic and 25% anaerobic. And we can talk, argue about the figures, you know, is it 80 
you know, is 80, uh, 20 or 75, 25. It's about there or thereabouts. When we get to the 10K, it's going even more, maybe you know, depending on the level of the runner, 85% uh, aerobic, 15% anaerobic, possibly even nine. Most fun runners, I would suggest it's even more, 90%. You yeah. know, with fun runners, these numbers are much, much lower. It could even be 99 for, for a fun runner doing a, a 10K. Uh, and then we have the half marathon, of course, you know, 95, 5, and the marathon, you know, 99, 1 sort of thing. And, and as I just to, to recap, if you're a novice runner just getting into it, you haven't developed that threshold, that lactic coping. So you basically are running aerobically the whole way because as soon as you go across that threshold, you can't cope with it. So you have to slow down. So a lot of these distances are more aerobically based than the others. So it's even more important to develop the aerobic engine as much as you possibly can, which comes back to running at math pace, running it or lower. I mean, that's math pace is to develop the system. Uh, easy runs could be even slower than that, you know. So uh, if I run at math, it's for me, it's around about, you know, uh, 59 or 121 doing the maths quickly. So technically, if I was doing math form, I'd run at 121. If I'm using uh, IMAT, I'm running around 130 because I know my maximum. And if I'm going for an easy run, it's around about 105 to 110. So it's much lower than math. So it doesn't mean an easy run. It means your maximum aerobic function. And those are different things. They're not necessarily the same. Uh, so it's been a lot on aerobic in this podcast, but I think that's where most people need to be most of the time. Yeah, which goes back to you know a podcast from two episodes ago, whenever it decides to publish, which is a, a <laughs> common a common mistake of of new runners and you know most runners is they don't respect and do easy runs or the easy runs turn into medium runs or moderate runs or hard runs or whatever. So you know like really respecting the easy run because that's your that's literally your bread and butter. You know we're gonna go back to the sandwich analogy and metaphor. It's your bread and butter of being an endurance athlete is your easy run. So um, you know getting comfortable with that in as many different ways as you need to, as Mike said. So how would we sum sum all this up? Because we've got We've got the three energy systems, the three main energy, ATP, uh, we've got anaerobic, and we've got aerobic. I, I'd say, let, let, me, let me sum it up really quick, and then you're going to jump on. So I'd say this, anaerobic, from what you've just said, is using the glycogen sugar stores, you know, and that, that's a loose word. I know it's, it's, it's glycogen, it's glycogen, but, uh, you know, for some people, for most people, it's sugar, you know. Um, aerobic is using oxygen. It's Greek of of oxygen anaerobic is not of oxygen it's when you tap into glycogen and then atp is the the short sprint work um you could also think of it as when bodybuilders they they lift one one rep max um you know and they they do a really big lift and they need five minute recovery after doing that that's that's your atp it takes five minutes here's a here's a fun fact about the atp system um again feel free to cut this down but sprinters use it and you can only use it once in 24 hours and it comes back rejuvenated, but it never comes back 100% in that 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever. And sprinters know that and it's that first five seconds when they come out of the block and you never get it back again at the same way. So um, that's another way to look at ATP. It's just that like, boom, right, right out of the blocks, you're going and, and you know, like I said, again, weightlifting, you know, you need to just really get all that up. But when you run, it's a combination of all three systems that are being used. And what I found out, which was really interesting, is when you start fading, it's because the other two energy systems... So ATP is, that's your like fundamental. That's how your muscles move and how you, you get them moving. And, and, and you know, you're running and that's how you get up to speed and all that. 
But when you lose glycogen and when you're losing oxygen or you don't have any available, the ATP stops firing as efficiently. And that's when you start fading. And even though you want to push faster, you can't because you don't have any ATP left or you have very low amounts left because you've ran out of glycogen and, and oxygen. That's a very rudimentary explanation of it all. Uh, feel free to, to sum it up and, and chew it up and, and spit it out. <laughs> so I, I pretty... I want to put it into more of a, a system people can understand for the training rather than uh, lose themselves. ATP, I think of that as short-term sprints, which is what you're saying about the firing of the muscles. And we use that for neuromuscular development uh, to get used to quicker running. And we can use that system all year round if we're, we're clever with it because we can just do leg, leg speed work and it doesn't really tire us too much. So it's a nice thing we, we keep in the back pocket for certain that kind of training. The aerobic system, we're also working all year round and we're trying to build that up. Uh, and there's, it, it's basically burning of fuel with the presence of oxygen. Uh, and we can use fats for fuel for that. Uh, and maybe at the top end of it, we might you know, dip in with a bit of uh, glycogen might be used as well as you're saying, but it's mostly using the fat stores for fuel then once we got past the threshold we're then using glycogen as you said glycogen uh, as a fuel source the sugars the carbohydrates uh, to fuel us but if we're going really fast we what we're doing is we're actually using up that energy uh, and it, it, that's burnt without the presence of oxygen uh, and we, we're using it up and i said this analogy before where it's snowing imagine it's snowing and it's uh it's a warm day that we can absorb we can get past threshold and cope with that for quite a while using these carbohydrates as energy source and we can get into it like this homeostasis where we can run for a long time at a really high tempo run using carbohydrates as a source of energy and it's creating lactate but the body's efficient and we've trained it at this pace so it actually reabsorbs the lactate so it never really builds up so we might be running it around this this three 3.5 level of of millimoles of lactate in the blood but we're really super trained and it just means that we're using a lot of carbohydrates to, to maintain this pace. And it's building up lactic and we're reabsorbing it, we're coping. But once we get past about four millimoles, that seems to be the critical point of lactic in the blood. It, it's like this curve that just takes off and it shoots up and it goes five, six, seven, eight. Uh, and that's when you say, wow, my legs are burning, everything stops. And that's when you're coming towards the end of a race and you're pushing hard and you're getting slower and slower because you just built up too much lactic in the body. So. Now we understand that to develop that lactic system to its maximum, we only really need about six weeks of work. So when I'm training someone for a hard race, I might have them doing six months of short little sprints some strength work and aerobic work. And then the icing on the cake, or since it's a burger, it'll be the mayonnaise and the ketchup on the burger. That's my six weeks of uh, speed work where I'm, I'm pushing the, the lactic threshold and trying to get them to cope with higher amounts of lactic so they can run more efficiently at that higher pace. But you can't go on all year round doing that. It, it's, it takes a high toll on the body and it, it only takes about six weeks to reach your maximum development at, at that level. So sometimes I might extend it to 10 to 12 because we've got racing and we've got to keep it going. And, and Really, you can start getting an effect after three weeks. As long as I've got more than three weeks and someone comes to me, I say, yep, I can still do something. But less than three weeks, it's like, yeah, just continue what you're doing, mate. Uh, and, and so that's how I build the plans up. Uh, and that's how I develop their year with uh, big, big quantities of aerobic 
lots of I, I like lo- lo- just dipping into speed work virtually all year round just to keep it there. Strength strength and conditioning most of the year round, although I tend to drop it off for those six weeks of real speed work. And then six works where I'm I'm getting ready for a specific race, targeting a race, and doing that specific race pace work, which is above threshold oftentimes. Main set finished. Let's move into the cool down. We're at that part of the podcast episode, part three. So we just finished our main set and now this is the cool down. And we got a fun question for the audience. There's no right or wrong answer. We will also be posting this on our socials. So make sure you follow us at me, D-Lake, D-L-A-K-E, creates on Instagram. And Mike is run.theletters, N-R-G. So run.N-R-G, not energy spelled E-N-E-R-G-Y. I know, confusing. Or just type in Mike Trees onto Instagram and you can also answer us in that kind of poll or however we, we do it. So the question is, drum roll, would you rather be healthy or fit? You have to choose one. You cannot be both. This is a hypothetical fun situation. An example of healthy is eating well, getting your blood markers done, being at the right weight you need to be at, feeling good, sleeping well, and being fit is smashing all your races and, you know, being whatever you want to be, super jacked, really skinny, whatever you want to go for, uh, you know, running 100-mile races as fast as possible. So those are the two differences. Mike, what would you rather be, healthy or fit? Uh, My simple answer is I'd like to be both. Uh, If I have to pick one, (laughs) I'd like to be healthy. But I want to actually... The reason it's a quick answer is I want to give you a little story to uh, answer it in more fun. Right, so I'm going to call him Mark, uh, this this guy, uh, that he was a, a physio that worked on me when I just turned pro as a triathlete. Uh, and uh, I had ankle issues and, and and he was clearing them up. And I said, this is amazing, you know, that you're able to clear up my, my foot and my problems. And he goes, no, problem is people don't clear it up because they just don't know every bone muscle tendon ligament and how they all interact in the body it's very simple and easy to do uh and i said well you know all this you must be you know enjoy sports he said no i just want to stay fit and healthy and uh, i was doing some races and things and i knew he jogged a little bit and i knew i rode the bike and i asked him to come with me on these runs he said no i just like to go out with my dog on the runs uh, and i just want to be healthy uh and he said that's totally different from what you're trying to do you're trying to be fit and win races and so that's why you're coming to me with these injuries because you're not healthy you're injured all the time but you're fit and winning races uh, and i just want to be healthy uh, and that was the first time i thought that wow yeah there's a difference so i hadn't thought about it till then anyway i i asked him to come uh swimming and running with me and he said he actually said i may come for a run with you he never did and i may come for a bike ride with you and i said well do you want to come swimming and he goes nope i hate swimming I am not getting me in a pool. I hate swimming. Anyway, he then said, look, you're in Japan. I know it's a land of milk and honey. Uh, I do a lot of lecturing. I used to, you know, be at uh, SoCal in, in South Southern California at the university. He said, here's my CV. Can you see if you can get me any work to lecture and do stuff? And I mean, he's bloody good. He sorted out all my issues uh, and, and injuries. Uh, and uh, I read it. And he said, is it okay if I quick scan through your CV? He said, yeah, yeah, go for it. So anyway. PhD, you know, MSc, all, all the credentials then. Wow. And then at the bottom, sports. Uh, 200 meters, IM, 1972, world record. And so, whoa, 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 wait. What's this? You told me you hate swimming. 
And he said, I thought you couldn't swim. He goes, Mike, it's like being fit and healthy. I said, I hate swimming. I didn't say I couldn't swim. (laughs) (laughs) He said, said, you're not getting me in the pool because I hate swimming. And anyway, I wasn't very good at it. That sounds like Moffatone. Because I don't feel Moffatone. He like very early in his adulthood, he, he decided to stop running marathons. He was like, he's like, yeah, this isn't very healthy. And, and the Moffatone method is, you know, I'll talk about that in a second. My answer is same as you, as always, uh, <laughs> I'd have to pick healthy. And I think this is an interesting kind of brain exercise of sorts, because it just makes you think everything you're doing to be fit is most likely to a point going to take away from being healthy. And, and there, there's some people out there that I follow that really believe in this. And especially as I get older, so Moffatone, as I was saying before, Moffatone, he just stopped running. A lot of people are like, Oh, you know, why don't you use your mind? And he's like, ah, I'd rather just, you know, do some light stretching and yoga here and there and eat well and, you know, do some walks. And he's like, you know, I don't need to be smashing two hour marathons or anything. And, and that's, you know, a personal thing. Everyone's different. There's not, not to say that anyone's worse or better. But uh, there's another guy, Mark Sisson, who you probably know. Um, I think he's he's slightly older than you. But uh, Mark Sisson was a pro triathlete that smashed himself to the point where he, he I think he got injured. And I know he got sick a lot and he burned out a lot. And he realized the training that he did in the 70s and 80s and, and, and 90s was horrendous, you know, with all the new science we have now. So he's very much on being healthy to live later and live a good life later, not smash yourself when you're 35 and then not be able to live a good life when you're 50, 60, 70, 80. So um, I've, I've subscribed to that from reading Moffatone's books and you know following you that it's gentle balance. It's nice to see where your potential is and, and, and push that and go, you know, I've got this talent at this event. I want to see how far I can go. But I'm, I'm honestly, I'm capping myself at trying to run sub, sub 5K uh, sorry, sub 16 minute 5k before uh, around when I turn 40. So I'm turning 40 in a few months and I'm going to tap out, you know, if I do it or not, because I, I want to try the 10k and then, you know, I want to try the half marathon and I'm not trying to run my fastest time ever because I know that that's going to take away from living a healthy life or living a balanced life, you know, where my family and my work and all that, like, I, again, I'm not getting paid. I've said that before. There's no, there's no rush or urgency to do this. And it doesn't mean I'm going to flop off, but maybe I'll operate at a 95% level, 97% level for, you know, the next five or 10 years. And I want to be able to, to I want to be able to do this at a 70% level when I turn your age, when I turn 80, when I turn 90. Um, I mean, hopefully when I'm your age, I want to be doing it at a, at a 95% level, but, um, but whatever that, that is. So it's, again, it's not, it's not a, a, a permission to slack off and sit around and eat potatoes, potato chips, and just go, I'm not doing anything. I, if you're listening, I'm sure you, you you aren't that person. But it also is doesn't mean smash yourself to then mess yourself up and you know you have no time. That's another resource. Your energy, money, it doesn't make sense. So that's my long story. Is, is I don't even have a story on that. It's not as good of a story as yours. But it's more like I'm doing this to to perform better as I get older. And and if that means performing the same now when I'm older, great. If that means being able to to do cool stuff when I get older, and and you know when I'm 60 years old, doing stuff that other people in wheelchairs doing, that's it. So always always healthy over fit, but a combination of both. Let's go. Welcome to the show, I'm your host Aaron So, aka D-Lake, tips and tactics, you can train like a pro. pro. 
this cast to help you and faster than you could go. All the PRs you could beat, of course, records that comes in your upcoming season. Right? Don't you agree? Endurance sports, a metaphor for life. That's that metaphor, baby. Eating clean so you can rest and sleep all night. Don't master a lot. Don't master a little, just stay in the middle. Don't master all, don't master just none. Just be. just be a master of some. Is the health and fitness internet too much sometimes? Too many conflicting articles and videos that confuse you on how to train and eat right? Or you don't have time to just read and watch everything about, I don't know, the new trends on carb cycling for trail running. Don't worry, we'll take care of all that for you. Sign up for our free email newsletter, Three Thing Thursday. We'll put three perfectly curated and created things in your inbox for better living and training. Go to delatecreates.com slash TTT. We do the hard, time-consuming work and scour the health and fitness internet's deepest and darkest corners. This is so that every Thursday, you have a piping hot new email with the latest and coolest tips, tricks, tools, tactics, and skills. All so that you can train and live consistently to do dope shit in your next endurance event. If you sign up now, you can receive my quick guide on how to get healthy, stay fit, and use data to create habits that last a lifetime. That's delatecreates.com slash TTT to be inspired and motivated on the regular. Time. Time is a resource no one can make more of, so we appreciate you taking precious time out of your day to listen this far. Our goal is to show the world how to live better through running, cycling, and triathlon. The episode and many others have a transcription. Go to the show notes description to find out more. This was produced in Sydney, Australia, and I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, who are the traditional custodians of this land. I pay my respects to the elders, past, present, and future. I recognize their continuing connection to the land, waters, and culture. These lands were stolen and sovereignty was never ceded. If you like this episode, again, we'd highly appreciate it if you go on whatever app you listen to and make sure to follow d Creates Podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Acast, and a bunch of others. And if you're feeling real loose, a rating, review, or share of this episode to anyone you know that would be into something like this would be amazing. If you have any questions, concerns, suggestions for the episode, or hell, you want to be on the show, hit us up. The best way is to email talk, T-A-L-K, at dlakecreates.com. We're also on the socials, mainly Instagram. You can hit up Mike Trees at the letters R-U-N dot N-R-G. Or you can hit me up on Instagram at dlakecreates.com. Or just wherever you can find us is fine. If you need any transcripts, you're into podcasting, or let's say you just are big into accessibility, please use the company that we use, SpeechDocs. You can check them out at speechdocs.com. Don't worry if you didn't get all that. There's a link in the show notes description. Thank you again so much for listening. Peace.